Hi, I'm Gareth Stockdale and I'm the CEO of the Microbit Educational Foundation and I'm here at um, the Open UK COP26 Summit. Uh, we want more children to get involved in technology and we think they will be instrumental in solving the future sustainability problems in the world and today at the summit we want to meet like-minded individuals and organisations so that we can connect and do more of that. Welcome to the Uptime Punks at COP26. We have Gareth Stockdale in the COP seat and we are very excited to record our first episode of the day with him. Hello Gareth, how are you doing? I'm fine, how are you? Are you having a good day? Yeah, 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 great. Um, it's a really sunny day in Scotland. We're here in the press office of... Um, you have to say we're in God's country. Yes, exactly. We're in God's, God's country. <laughs> did, I, did I pronounce it the right way? <laughs> um, yeah, and um, yeah, it's a really sunny day and uh, yeah, really excited. We, um, we have uh, Gareth Stockdale, he's uh, the um, CEO of Microbit and uh, he'll tell us uh, what he's doing basically. What is Microbit? Well... Funny you should ask. Well, Microbit is a, well, we're a not-for-profit. Uh, the story started in the BBC back in 2014. Um, we wanted to do something it, within the education department, within the BBC. We wanted to do something uh, really to look at the digital skills gap in the UK. Um, and the approach that we took was that we wanted to get more girls and more underrepresented groups taking their first steps with technology. So we created the microbit, which is a small microcontroller. We brought together 29 partners, including people like Microsoft, Arm, Samsung, and loads of sort of small startup education companies. And we created the hardware, um, software, and um, yeah, and uh, gave out a load of microbits to all year seven or equivalent kids in the UK. So uh, up to a million we gave away. And out of that, the uh, not-for-profit was uh, uh, it came up you know, as we realized that teachers needed to uh, have continuing support and also that people outside of the UK wanted to do stuff with Microbit. Okay, um, so you're holding it in your hand. Um, what's the best way to describe it for um, somebody who can't see it right now? It looks like a little chip, but what do I do with this chip? So it's, um, it's a microcontroller. We call it a small computer just to to allow people to visualize it it's about the size of sort of half a credit card and it's what's known as physical computing so it's about taking your code off the screen and be able to create things in the real world so it allows you to follow your passions and you know, if you want to create a step counter if you want to do some environmental monitoring like femi who you might talk to later is doing he's using microbit to do that the whole concept behind it is that it's really got a really low floor to entry so you can use block coding to scroll your name on there's a five by five led matrix on the front so you can scroll your name across that uh, and you can do that within sort of two minutes uh, drag and drop onto it it acts like a, a, a usb drive but then it's got accelerometer it's got a magnetometer it's got a microphone so it can sense sound uh, it's got a speaker it can sense temperature and light so you can then take yourself on a journey beyond that you start with scratch and you start with uh, 
a block coding, but then you can use Python and then you can go up to C++. So it's really versatile. And as a not-for-profit, you know, we are able to work with projects around the world. We've got projects in over 30 countries trying to broaden that participation in, in taking your first steps with technology. So, so, so basically you guys are helping, helping raising the generation to come. And where does this sustainability aspect come into because we're at COP26? Yeah, well, you know, our, our, our mission statement is to inspire every child to create their best digital future. So it's all around inspiration and creativity to create the best digital future. And we feel that, you know, as you're taking part in some of the talks today, you're hearing that technology and open source has a huge part to play in that, to bring those innovative solutions to climate change. And we feel that if we don't broaden the base of participation to get more people uh, up to speed on what you know technology is all about, but also the pipeline of people going into technology, we'll have solutions that are the same as we've had already. So if we don't have more girls, more underrepresented groups in technology, then we'll be having more solutions from those white, male, middle class software engineers that we've had in the past so the tech stereotype the tech bros creating more tech bro technology and everything if you know the more if we can have more people creating that technology we can have technology that serves all of society rather than just a small part of it so it all comes back to sharing knowledge i think so do you would you say you see yourself more as like an educator yeah, we're, we're definitely in education. We are, Our sort of target audience is 8 to 14 in the classroom. We support teachers. We've got a whole bunch of free resources. And, and, and all of our stuff's open source. So teachers can take all of our resources and share it and take it. All of the software is open source and the hardware is open source. So we get people building on top of Microbit. We hope it's, people take it as an inspiration and then build their own stuff on top of it. We've got over 200 accessories that people have created and made uh, to, to build on top of Microbit. Do you know like any samples of real success stories, which I think, thanks to you guys, where a young child has started at some point coding and now they're doing I don't know what. Well, again, if you're if you're talking to Femi, who's uh, here presenting today and, and showing his environmental hack, he started with Microbit. So we have lots of people like that. But for for me, Femi is absolutely brilliant. You know, we love Femi, but it's about those people that maybe aren't like rock star coders that you know have just been inspired to take computing GCSE or study it you know that's the ones we want you know that think that technology isn't for them I think Femi would probably have excelled you know even if the microbit didn't exist but it's other people so we do things like we've got um, our, our do your bit challenge which is a global challenge based on the uh, sustainable development goals. So we get children from all around the world creating and innovating using the microbit. So some of the winners from this year, there was a, a, a young man from China who created, um, so he, he wanted to have more sort of um, uh, greenery and more plants in his city in Shenzhen, but he knew that there was lots of typhoons so he wanted to sort of rewild but also protect from typhoons so he created a garden where he he could sense the weather and then the garden would uh, retract to avoid the typhoon weather so he built a prototype for that so it's it's again it's using microbit as a as a way to create solutions for things you're passionate about so it's basically like a stepping stone into the world of tech okay Indeed. so what does cop26 mean to you well, I think it's, you know, it's an amazing um, opportunity for 
governments, uh, private uh, firms and not-for-profits and third sector organizations to come together to try and set some clear targets for how the world is going to uh, tackle climate change. Um, and I think, you know, this event today allows like-minded individuals to come together with sustainability right at the heart of technology to really sort of make connections uh, and, you know, do some hard practical things to try and, you know, make a difference. Are you are you satisfied with the outcome so far of COP26? I, I think you'll always come away from COP26 thinking that it's not gone far enough. Um, but I think there's some really sort of, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, an eternal optimist. So even though India committing to net zero by 2070 seems like a, a, a bad thing, you know, at least they've made a commitment. So, you know, the, I think it could go a lot further and a lot faster. But I think compared to some other cops, there seems to have been some real progress and there seems to be a real appetite to try and push that forward. I don't think it's gone far enough. I don't think we'll ever come away from one of the cops thinking it's gone far enough, but I think there's been some progress made. So what do you think is the biggest challenge? Um, I mean, I, I watched David Attenborough's um, emotional speech, I would almost say, because he was really angry with everybody in the room. And then I think 24 hours later, they leaked a picture of Tesla cars getting charged with diesel generators just down the road. Um, but what would you say is the biggest challenge that they have? Why is there not the progress that should be made? What's the biggest problem? Um, I, th I think it's such a huge, complex, complicated uh, thing. And I think, you know, until we as individuals start making the right choices and forcing our politicians that this is huge and high on the agenda, I think the, the and holding them to account for the decisions that they make, I think it's really difficult. Um, you know, there are lots of vested interests and lots of people that that you know, that the the their livelihoods and their way of living are going to be affected by the decisions that are made to be more sustainable. You know, you think of farmers, the people that gain their living through sort of, you know, oil and, and gas and coal. So it's got to be done in a, you know, in a measured and effective way. But, but you know, so it's not, it's not a simple thing. But I think that once we start trying to keep our politicians to account and those issues are high on the agenda at elections i think is is you know is one way that we can start making it better so so for microbit so for, for your organization or or you um, yourself what, what do you think are the next concrete steps that you need to take in order to contribute to a solution so for we see our role as as i said you know educating the next generation so you know, showing that there's a clear link between sustainability and technology and that, you know, by understanding and being able to create with these tools, you can be a part of that future solution. Um, but even if you are not into coding or technology, you can, by understanding the concepts and the issues, take a full part in the debate around what the future of our society should look like. Uh, you know, some of the biggest questions are to do with, with how we use technology. And if you are disenfranchised from that by thinking that technology is too complicated and not for you, you're disenfranchised from things that have a huge impact on your life in the future. So, so how do you how do you work uh, the sustainability piece into your into your 
into your approach. How do you um, educate children on, on sustainability all while being a tech initiative and coding initiative initially? So how do you explain to them the link between technology and sustainability? So we do that in a number of ways. So we create a, a bunch of resources that um, bring sustainability in the, into the classroom. Um, and we also do... Um, our do your bit challenge as I said which links to the sustainable development goals so every year we link to two or three of those and help uh, children link technology to those sustainable development goals in a sort of innovation and creation way so it's not just learning about the goals it's about learning about what you can do to create solutions using technology to help them so you know as I said, there was that garden in Shenzhen. There was somebody else who created, um, uh, you know, a temperature sensor to go into sort of turtle nests to understand what the temperature, you know, because obviously at a certain temperature, I'm going to get it wrong. It's either higher or lower. If it's higher, uh, all of the, the, the um, hatchlings uh, hatches male. If it's lower, they are mixed. So if it gets too hot, then you get all male turtles. I've probably got that the wrong way around, but it's those sort of things. We're trying to get them to think about empowering them to create solutions using technology for problems that are that they're passionate about. So it's not it's not like a high level. You can do this to you know to affect climate change. It's things that are happening in your local area that you can use technology to create a solution for. It pretty much comes close to um, learning and playing at the same time. Because as a child, that's how you discover the world. You play and sort of, I think that's what you're trying to bring to the household at home. To be like, your child can create something really great with the... Because kids can think about things that we as adults just don't think about anymore. Totally, like you just totally. said, the turtle. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, will yeah. probably never think about something like that. But, it, but it's the sort of technology by stealth in some respects. So they're not learning... We're trying for them not to learn technology. We're, we're, we're getting them to learn to think in a sort of design manner, in an innovative way, and then use technology as a facilitator to create solutions, if that makes sense. So we're not, it's not you learn to code, it's you learn to create a solution and you use coding technology for that. And, and, and the open source bit in that is quite strong as well because you come up with, with stuff that you would have never thought of being part of a solution as well. So, um, yeah, I, I really love that aspect. Yeah. If you, like, can you develop a bit more about um, open source and what it means to you? Well, you know, for us, it started really not as a philosophical position, but more as a, like a hugely practical one. You know, as we were starting the project with the BBC, we had 29 partners who were creating software and hardware and resources. And the only way that we could collaborate effectively was by you know, committing to open sourcing everything. Um, and then as we've um, built the project, it's allowed us to work really closely with lots of different partners in the community to build on what we can create ourselves. So, you know, we're a really small team, but we only get the, the scale that we do get and are be able to create the things that we do create by working in partnership and open technology, be that the hardware, the software, the learning resources, you know, it allows us to do that. And it also creates a statement about what we are as an organization you know, we're open in partnership and we're open in our technology, which allows people to feel more comfortable, you know, adding to what we do. So in order for you to get more reach and help more kids get education, um, what do you need? 
Or what would you like to see in terms of support from the community? Well, it's just basically, you know, go to microbit.org. There's a get involved section. So we need people to translate. So, you know, we were already in, I think, sort of 10 languages, but we always need more people to translate. We need more people to help with our sort of, uh, you know, our, we're currently working on our Python editor. You know, that we need people to help with that. Um, we need people to do innovative things with Microbit that we can then potentially work out how we use them in the classroom. Um, you know, we've got a teacher champion program, so we, we want people to join that so they can share their best practice in the classroom and how it works. So there's loads of ways to get involved. Just go to microbit.org and get involved and you can help us. All right, and here comes the last question. That's the most difficult one. If you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself? Uh, to which, t how old am I? Well, if you go back to being 10 years old and holding one of these micro bits in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so what would I, well, I think when I was 10 was when I had, was I 10? Yes, it was when I had my first experience of a computer. So my teacher brought in a BBC micro into the classroom and he sort of, wheeled it to the front and said um we're going to say hello to this computer and we all said hello and, and he said and it's not going to do anything so then we did the sort of print hello go to 10 and so i i think you know for me when you're 10 it's about taking away that mystery and getting people to look under the hood of the technology and start from scratch so i think that's that's what i would say to myself is you know just you know technology is going to be hugely important to you and to society as you move forward. Just keep at it, I think. Amazing, perfect. Do you have any other question? Nope, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Great, great to meet you guys. Yeah, perfect, great. thank you. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. Thank you.